welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm here with Mary Alice, a doula, student midwife, as well as our manager and editor here at Baby Chick. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. Collectively, we've worked with thousands of families and have condensed all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing parenting conundrums. Today, we're covering my 12 tips for a happier, healthier birth. Let's get started. Hi, welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina. And I'm Mary Alice. All right, guys. Tip number one, write a birth plan. So writing your birth plan, I feel, really educates you what your options are that are available during your pregnancy, at your birth, and immediate postpartum. And it allows everyone that is supporting you during those stages before, during, and after to really be on the same page that you are and understand what your wants and needs are for you and your baby. So the big thing that I like to tell all of my clients is this birth plan is not set in stone. This is not exactly what your birth is going to be like. So really think of this as your birthing goals. Rather than a plan that can be really strict and regimented, this is your goal for your labor and for immediate postpartum. So the big rule is just be flexible. Know that things can change and that's okay. Be flexible with your plan. These are your goals if everything went perfectly. But again, when you're putting together your birth plan, you're going to know the other options that are available to you if things kind of veer off a different path. So be flexible along the way. And a big note, stick to one page. Front and back, please. No one wants to read a book when it comes to a birth plan. The other thing with the birth plan being short is that when you go into the hospital, everyone there is busy. Your doctor is busy. The nurses are busy. And if it's one page, they can glance at it, get a good idea of what you're looking for, and then move on. And if it's a like a packet, they're probably just not going to read it. <laughs> Truth. Number two, create a support team. I mean, a big thing with us is that you really only want to have supportive people in the room. You want people there who you feel like are lifting you up and making you feel good and helping you to create a positive birth experience and support the decisions that you're making along the way. A big rule that I have as a doula and just, you know, especially with moms, I hate to say that, but like having your mother in the room or your mother-in-law or your sister, if you feel like you have to take care of the people who are going to be at your birth, then they really shouldn't be there. People need to be there to take care of you. On your support team, one of the most important people is going to be your care provider. So you really want to find a care provider who supports your goals. You want a doctor who you're on the same page with, or you want to find a midwife who supports you in the kind of birth that you want. Something to consider is potentially hiring a doula. A doula is someone who's there to support you during your birth and is really just there for you. And we'll get into the deep, dark depths of what a doula is and what a doula does in another episode, but hiring a doula is something that you might want to look into for some extra support during your birth. Another thing to remember with your support team is that you can say no. You can change your mind. You can think that you want your mom there and ask her to leave. You can think you don't want your mom there and call her up and ask her to come to the hospital. And I'm sure she'd be more than happy to oblige. Absolutely. Tip number three, labor at home. All right, guys, I know you have heard from your doctor or from a nurse or from your friend or sister that the time to go to the hospital is when your contractions are five minutes apart, each contraction is lasting a minute long, and that is consistently happening for one hour long. That rule is the 511 rule. And you are going to hear that from your doctor, like I said, and they're going to say that is when it's time to go to the hospital. All right. 
Our rule of thumb really is you should be going to the hospital when you need something. So are you just in pain and really wanting a medical intervention? So you're needing, let's say, an epidural or pain meds, that sort of thing. A medical intervention maybe being you need to have your baby checked, your cervix checked, you need to have the heart rate going on, or maybe there's an emergency, you have cord prolapse, something like that that needs to be done. That's when you need to be going to the hospital. Or maybe you're having a baby right then. You just feel the urge and you know that baby is coming. That's when it's time to head to the hospital. But typically for first-time moms, active labor is when you're closer to 311. So that's when your contractions are three minutes apart. Each one is lasting about a minute long and that is going on consistently for one hour. So for first-time moms, that's when we recommend you go to the hospital at 311. Unless, like we said before, you're needing something right then and there, pain meds, medical intervention, or you're ready to have a baby. Some benefits of being at home and laboring at home are you get to eat and drink and move around freely. It's your home. You can do what you please and what makes you feel comfortable. As soon as you get to the hospital, you are definitely restricted. You're going to have an IV, maybe a Heplock instead. You may not have a shower or a tub to remain comfortable. They may ask you to stay in bed for longer periods of time. It's just not as comfortable for you. And that can sometimes slow down your progress. So laboring at home can really help. Another tip is download a contraction timer app. This is a great job for dad. The thing is, you don't want to start timing your contractions as soon as you feel your first contraction, though. That can really put you both over the edge. It'll drive you nuts. Start timing your contractions when it's really the only thing that you can focus on at that time. And also, dads, don't just stare at the contraction timer app the whole time. Be present with your partner. It's just a good tool to know where she's at in labor and when to really head to the hospital. Number four, snack lightly. You should definitely continue to eat and drink during labor. You need the energy. You need the sugar. You're going to get tired, especially for a first-time mom. Labor can take a while. You definitely need the energy. But you also don't want to eat like a greasy hamburger or pizza pizza. Many, many women get nauseous and do vomit during labor. It's actually very common, and it can be a sign that you're entering into an active stage or transition labor. So you do want to try and keep something up in your stomach to keep your glucose levels up and help you to keep up the energy, but you don't want to eat anything too heavy. Good ideas include blueberries, crackers, cheese, peanut butter, smoothies, juice, making a labor aid concoction with electrolytes, just anything that you can keep down. Absolutely. I will say whatever you don't mind throwing back up, that's a good thing to keep down because like she said, the greasy, heavy stuff, no ma'am, not my friend. Okay, tip number five, staying hydrated. So Mary Alice said a couple of those things, getting a Laborade or coconut water, Gatorade, juice, water. Those are things that you need to be drinking. Obviously not all of them, but pick one and have one of those as your choice to drink throughout labor because it'll really help keep you hydrated during labor. So why is it important to stay hydrated? Being dehydrated will actually affect your contraction pattern negatively, and it gives you spastic, inconsistent contractions that you need, and you really want to have instead regular effective contractions. So make sure to stay hydrated. It's also creating more room for baby, keeping that bag of waters nice and full. So staying hydrated is definitely key. 
And you can make that someone's job. So maybe you have your mom there, you have a friend or a sister there, and tell someone, it is your job to make sure that I stay hydrated during labor. Give them a big cup, have them fill it up with ice, and just, you know, offer you sips in between contractions. Absolutely. It's very important to have a job for everyone that is there. A big rule that we've kind of told ourselves is for every person that's in your room that doesn't have a job, that's just staring at you like a goldfish (laughs) in in a bowl, it actually will increase your labor for about an hour. So everyone needs to have a job. Everyone needs to be helping you. Number six, don't lie down. Unless you're sleeping or you're resting comfortably, you really do want to be able to move and work with your contractions before you get an epidural. Once you get an epidural, you're going to be in your bed if that's something that you choose. But before that, you really want to try not to have to lie down the whole labor. You can move. You can be on your hands and knees. You can walk. You can sit on a birth ball. Moving around is going to help your baby to stay in a good position. Gravity is your friend. And really, it's going to help you cope with pain. It hurts hurts the most to just lie down and try and be still through something painful instead of being able to move and work with your body and give in to what's going on. So movement is key. And we highly recommend the book Active Birth if you're interested in more about moving during labor. Yes, I have to agree. When I was in labor with my son, you couldn't keep me down. I had to be moving. I had to be in different positions. Staying in one position just made them way more uncomfortable. So I couldn't agree more with point six. All right, point seven, comfort techniques. You guys, you can't just go into labor without any tools in your toolbox. And that means you have to have some techniques to make sure that you stay as comfortable during your labor as possible. So some of the comfort techniques that we have used as doulas at births are massage. A lot of women love to be massaged during labor to help really relax those muscles. And by relaxing those muscles, it helps them just release that tension from all over their body, including their uterus, and allows that progress to happen faster. Another comfort technique, hot and cold therapy. It is common that when women have, let's say, menstrual cramps, getting a hot pad and putting it on their abdomen to really help with that discomfort. Well, the same thing applies when you're in labor. So getting a heating blanket and putting that on your back or sitting on it on a birth ball or having some cold, wet washcloths around your neck to keep you cool or on your forehead. You're doing hard work, mama. Hot and cold therapy can really keep you comfortable. Water. I cannot stress this enough. I was in the tub for so long during my labor, and it was the only place that really kept me comfortable. Hydrotherapy is awesome. So if you have access to a tub or shower, I can't recommend it enough. Acupressure. Acupressure is another great comfort technique. There are actually certain acupressure points that can help you with decreasing pain, with helping get rid of nausea, with actually turning a baby into a better position. There's so many different points that you can learn about, including stimulating contractions. So look up different acupressure points that can help you remain comfortable and have a good steady labor. Another thing are smells. Using essential oils like peppermint is good for nausea. Citrus is good for energy. Lavender is good for relaxation. Another thing are visualization or focal points. 
visualizing that you're at a beach or at a cabin or somewhere nice and comfortable and you're relaxing during each contraction or a focal point staring at an ultrasound picture or maybe a crack on the wall or even into your support person's eyes can help you get through each contraction. Movement. We've covered this, but changing positions as much as possible. It can really help open that pelvis and get baby low and getting you faster to having your baby in your arms. So be familiar with your options ahead of time so that you have an arsenal to draw from during your labor. And practice is key. Have your partner practice massaging you in different positions and on different parts of your body. Learn what feels good while you have the capacity to give feedback. If something doesn't feel good in labor, you'll just say, stop and not give them any other recommendations or ideas of how to help you get through. Number eight, distraction. If you think you're in labor, ignore it. It can take a long time to have a baby, the first time especially. So if you think that you're in labor, try and distract yourself. Watch some TV, bake a cake, read a book, take a walk, play with your other kids, play a board game, go out to dinner, go to a movie, go do something. If all you can do is concentrate on the contractions, then you're probably in active labor. But do what you can to stay relaxed and keep your mind off the contractions during early labor. This is just going to help you relax and it'll help things progress more quickly. Yes. Point number nine, get in the water. I know I said this a little bit before, but water is your friend when you're in labor. It is nature's epidural. It helps you really relax your muscles and it really can help progress your labor because you're relaxing so much. It helps dilate you and efface your cervix so much faster. I can at least speak from my experience and say that that was so true. We suggest a shower in any stage of labor and bath only in active or transition labor. The reason for that is if you get in a bath too soon in your labor, it can actually stall and slow things because you are fully submerged in that water. But a shower should be just fine. Also, if you have your bag of waters broken, that means probably don't want to get into a bath at the hospital. Maybe it's okay. You want to talk to your healthcare provider ahead of time, but that's something that you should discuss just in case because we want to minimize the chances of you getting an infection. Number 10, get a heparin lock. So if you're giving birth in the hospital, they pretty much insist on having IV access, but you don't necessarily need IV fluids the entire time you're in labor. A heparin lock or a saline lock is a way for them to open up and give themselves access to your IVs and then close it off and tape it to your arm, which gives you freedom. So it gives the hospital easy access to you in case of emergency. So let's say you bleed a little bit more than you should after the birth, they can quickly give you Pitocin to stop that bleeding, but it doesn't tie you down the entire time you're trying to labor. Point number 11, let your baby break your water. Okay, many doctors routinely break waters in labor, but it's not necessary to have a baby. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen a doctor walk into a labor and delivery room, say that they're going to check that mama, and then while they're checking her, break her bag of water without letting her know that that's what they were going to do. This is something that's really important. This is your body. You need to understand the benefits and risks to everything that's going to be happening. And if you're going to have your water broken by someone else other than baby, it's recommended to do much later in labor or if you've exhausted every other option out there. So 
when left to its own devices, your water will usually break during pushing. That's what happened for me. I labored the whole time and I am so grateful that I labored with my bag of waters intact because it helps make those contractions not as painful. It also protects my baby and not have him in as much distress during those contractions. So really let your water break on your own. Rupture of membrane increases your risk of infection, puts you on a time clock, and makes contractions way more painful. So sometimes it's really a good idea and does help labor progress, but try to exhaust other options first. Number 12, our last and what we think is our most important tip for having a happier and healthier birth is to just keep breathing. You, your uterus, and your baby need oxygen. Taking slow, deep breaths helps you to focus and stay calm and handle the pain better. Because when you're focusing on your breathing, it can give you a distraction and a way to stay on top of your pain, stay on top of the contractions. And remember that it's your body and you're in control and you you do have control over your breath. Don't hyperventilate. That's definitely something that like when we're in pain, our bodies naturally tend to... <gasps> You know, you want to try and catch your breath, but really remembering to take slow, deep breaths is going to help you through and help you relax and progress more quickly. Absolutely. Using that diaphragm, ladies, big, deep breaths. So that's it. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and like us on Facebook at Team Baby Chick, where we'll be posting a link to this episode and answering questions in the comments. Let us know what questions and topics you'd like for us to tackle next. Ta-ta! 